KXNO Des Moines. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa State football has picked up another commitment for the 2019 class. A late commitment from Juco wide receiver Darren Wilson from Butler Community College. The six foot three Wilson selected the Cyclones over West Virginia and has three years of eligibility remaining. Iowa basketball is on the recruiting trail looking for a grad transfer. Bakari Evelyn of Valpo will be visiting the Hawkeyes on June 7th. Evelyn, a combo guard, averaged 8.4 points per game last season and 12.6 as a sophomore. Stanley Cup Finals Game 2, it went to overtime. Here's the call from NBC Sports Network. Drive, and that one whistled wide. Came back along to Gunnarsson once more. They've got Sundquist set up at the opposite circle. Across to Gunnarsson, and he scores! The Blues win it in overtime, and have evened the series. Series tied up at a game apiece, game three in St. Louis, Saturday night. To MLB, the Cubs get on the right side of things. Chris Bryant back in the lineup. Eight-game lead. Bryant in the air to deep center. Back on it, Marisnik. Home run, Chris Bryant. Welcome back to the lineup. The call from NBC Sports Chicago is the Cubs hold on for the 2-1 victory. The crosstown rival White Sox continue their winning ways against the Royals 8-7. Left side, there! Here comes McCann. Vengeance for Tim Anderson at RBI. Double, it's 8-7. Tonight on 1460 KXNO High School Baseball. Des Moines East travels to Southeast Polk to take on the Rams. 7 o'clock with the first pitch. And right before it's 6 o'clock from Max Shack, it's Barnstormers Weekly with Joe Stacy and head coach Dixie Wooten. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Condon, boy, they're raving about Rocket Man. Some of the staff that was at the uh, show last night, the new theater in Waukee. Yes, raving about the theater and, and also the uh, the movie that they watched. I think I'm going to knock it off my list of things to do this weekend. So this weekend, baseball, Cubs, Cards. Yep. In NHL game three Saturday, Saturday. NBA game two Sunday. Sunday. So Game you're of looking Thrones at a is over. Saturday afternoon or Sunday oh, afternoon? Oh, no, afternoon. Are you kidding me? Morning. No. <laughs> First one out? Absolutely. Have you been to the new Ankeny Theater? Yeah. Uh, no. No. The Altoona Theater is the one I go to. Oh, okay. Because I live on, you know, 36th Street exit, yeah. essentially, at Otter Creek, and just kind of the back roads, and it's so easy to get there. Yeah. Um, but no, I've not been to the uh, the new theater in Prairie Trail. Boy, Prairie Trail. It blows me away every time I go through. I thought Luch and Albaugh made a just egregious <laughs> mistake. Well, there's a reason those guys have been pretty successful. <laughs> yes, they have. Well, I drove by that piece of ground for, for years, right? Uh-huh. It was just wasteland. And I thought, it was like a slew. It was. And there was my wife, who's born and raised in Ankeny, told me that at one point there was a part, piece of that ground was used for... Something in World War Two or the Korean War, oh, really? something a storage or um, I don't remember, but it it had it had something to do with uh, the army. But I thought, what's going to? I mean, nobody's going to want to live there. And then it just, whew, 
Shows you what I know. Took off. The same thing the first time when I moved here, my dad and his family, they hauled milk down to Des Moines. From North Iowa, they would get the big milk tanker. They go to the creamery in Stacyville. was a small town that they went and to. And bring it to Des Moines? And bring it to both Roberts, AE. There was another one, too, but regardless. But that's that's what they did. They also had a ready mix, and they'd haul rock and sand and all that stuff. But milk was my dad's kind of part of it. That's what he always did. I didn't know that about And him. when he would get here, you know, every once in a while, if he'd have to stay because of weather, whatever it might be, he normally stayed over in West Des Moines. I don't know what hotel or what it was. Des Moines. Well, I brought him over to... <laughs> that was timely, by the way. Des Moines. <laughs> I brought him over to where I was living, and he remembered the golf course over there in West Des Moines, which is now Target. Okay. What was the name of that? Ponderosa? Ponderosa, yeah. yeah. And I never knew it as that. I, I only knew it as it's currently constructed over mm-hmm. there. And he was blown away. He said... This wasn't just farmlands. This was farmlands for miles around. I know. There was absolutely nothing there and from the mall and everything else. Just a completely different world. And well, I saw a piece in the Sunday's Red, just one of the papers over the weekend. Ankeny is the 10th fastest growing city in the United States. Not a surprise. Ankeny. Unreal. Hey, Milwaukee is really fast. Yeah, they got, they're getting a new high school. They are. are they, did they closer. fight that? No, it's been, I mean, it's been in the works for a number of years, right. the conversation. I think the biggest topic that continues well, is sports. how it's going to be drawn up. Right. And as we've seen in Ankeny. Uh-huh. And that was a, I mean, there were some hard feelings over that. And and I have a feeling, and, and I don't live in either of those communities, but and I could be off, and if, if I am, let me know. But it feels like because Ankeny, Waukee, 25 years ago, that was a little 2A school. Mm-hmm. That was Van Meter. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. And because you don't have the same numbers, Ankeny was always a good size sub. Yeah, but it, it hasn't been that long that Waukee moved to 4A. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was 2004, I, I, I want to say. It was certainly in this century for sure. So, I mean, within the last 15 years. And now they got two high schools. I think I've told you this before. I went to basketball camp as a youngster back in, I don't know, probably fifth, sixth, seventh grade, something like that. We're talking early 90s. At the time, Waukee was the same size as Osage, where I grew up. It was 4,000 people. Like, oh, yeah, Waukee, same size as Osage. Not anymore. <laughs> now, now that place has probably 44,000 people inside the Waukee borders. It's it's crazy, the growth of this community. It's a good place to be. Indeed it is. Um, boy, the uh, Principal Charity Classic, who's had a couple of bad breaks go their way as far as guys that have withdrawn, Vijay v- Singh. Yeah. He's got, what, three majors, I think, and Longer's got a couple of green jackets. Longer pulls out because of a death um, in his family, and Vijay Singh had a back. But you know what the break that they caught was? Fleur Drive had been closed, and it just is opening up now, MLK... Turns into floor and it's open up until Bell, I think, is where. The, so that gets you to Wakanda, doesn't it? Uh, isn't isn't Bell south of the golf course? Or am I mistaken? South of the golf course would be Watrous. So it doesn't get so so it's not open far enough to. Because I was thinking about people trying to get there. Right. right? Well, so, I was in that area yesterday. My wife teaches on the south side, and I was dropping L off over there, and. Park Avenue, which is on the north side of the golf course mm-hmm. as you're heading east, that was no traffic through. So I had to cut back and I had to go back on Watrous on the back side of it. That took forever. There was a four-way stop. I mean, there had to be 70 cars piled well, that, up there. Right. People trying to get in. And that was Pro-Am Day and an overcast day. Now it is going to be, I don't know, overall, that, that can be very, very difficult. If there's a shuttle, and I know there usually is, 
Use the shuttle. Yeah, it's true. Use the, the shuttle. The shuttle services are always great. Right, but is is the shuttle going to be able to get through? I guess I don't know. I I, I need. I I just assumed that that was good news. Anyway, um, we'll check on that because I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just thought Bell was south of the golf course. Now you got me thinking, Trent Condon. Bill Bender's going to join the program. He's coming up here in uh, about oh, 10 minutes or so. We'll talk college sports, uh, college football with Bill Bender. Look forward to uh, doing that. And then we will have John Bowenkamp from the Burlington Hawkeyes. We'll get into the Hawks. Uh, Anthony joins the program. Anthony, what's new in your world? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. What's up? Uh, I think that's all opened up now. It is okay. So Good I don't think it's detour. The only thing you don't, you, the only thing you can't do is go like if you're headed, uh, uh, what is it, east on Park Avenue off of Fleur Drive. Mm-hmm. That's still, I think, closed. They're doing oh. road maintenance there, but the water's down. Good stuff, Anthony. Thanks for the Thanks, heads up. Anthony. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, that, that is good. good. Yes. Yeah, because I I had no idea. No, look. Trent, it's not my cup of tea necessarily, but it's so good for this community. It is. It really is. The investment that they put yes. back into the community. Right. I've gone, now I haven't gone since it's been there. I've been there for some pro-am stuff and things mm-hmm. like that, though I didn't get to play. I did once. How how far? How many people had to say no before they got to me, right? <laughs> and Peralt. Well, they haven't even got to me yet, so we need more people saying <laughs> no. So they ask, ask your boy TC, I want to get out there. But back when it was at Glen Oaks, you know, went out there a couple of times and it was fun. I mean, uh-huh. really the first time that just is is more shocking than anything is what you see. These guys, they're so straight. Oh, they're they so precise. Yep. It is incredible. If you've never been to a golf event before, seriously, go. Yep. If you have just that little inkling, because I think you'll be blown away just really how good these guys still are. And uh, there's a bunch of guys and there's a bunch of major championships playing in this field now, sadly, with uh, with Singh and uh, and Longer having to WD here. I uh, lose a lot of that star power. But there's, st- there's still some guys that, that you've seen many times contending uh, in, in tournaments on your TV set. Um, good. It's good for Des Moines. Look at something to do. You know, any, anything that uh, brings people out and I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I think, although sometimes on Sunday the coverage is delayed a little bit. Yeah. I uh, want to say like five, six o'clock usually they get yeah, to it on they, Golf Channel. On the Golf Channel. I'll watch that. I'll watch it till it comes to, uh, uh, its conclusion. Um, Addison joins the program. Addison, welcome. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Doing today? fine. Thanks, Addison. Good. Just uh, just wanted a quick update. I've been a uh, walking scorer volunteer out there for several years, and like you guys had mentioned, definitely for those uh, wanting to go out there, uh, definitely recommend the shuttles. Um, they uh, um, run from Southridge Mall. Okay. And South Southridge is pretty pretty easy to get to, especially to depending on where you're coming from. But with the bypass and Highway Five there, and easy easy to get to. But then they will drop you off on the north side of the course good info that's where they that's where the main spectator in because yeah you don't even with the road closures you don't really even want to because there's no parking around there yeah you could maybe find a spot on the street but mm-hmm. it's very uh, few and far between uh addison one one question if you don't mind since you since you mentioned sure. that you've been uh, part of this for a while uh as a volunteer um you don't notice that the buzz is wearing off that this event is you know losing its i i certainly don't i'm anxious to hear what you say since you've been a part of it for so many years it's still as popular um as it's been wouldn't is is that fair to say i i would i would agree and um um yeah it's 
the buzz the buzz is still there. Obviously, um, being being an outdoor event, mm-hmm. it all depends on the weather. Um, yesterday, I was working the pro am, and it's it's they uh, they had changed the schedule. They only the pro ams are only playing ten holes, mm. um, starting on nine and finishing on the back, just to help save the save the course. But it was uh, it was pretty sloppy out there yesterday. Um, but uh, I think with uh, with the dry weather here the last couple of days, yesterday afternoon turned out to be really nice. So um, that it's going to dry out a little bit, and I think it'll be good for the good for the players. I'm all for it, Addison. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for chiming in. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, we'll take a time out. Bill Bender joins the program next uh, as we will get into college football with Bill. Kickoff has been set for the Seahawks game. No, where's your breaking news sounder? Oh, let me guess. <laughs> I want it to be at night, but it won't. Is it 2.30? Close. You're within a half Three hour. 3 o'clock. Yes. What On network? Fox? Sports? One. FS1. FS1. So 2.19. 2.19. 3 o'clock kickoff for the Cyhawk. Well, we didn't get the point spread first. <laughs> Chris Williams yeah, got it. He got it. you. He got you. <laughs> that would I, I can tell it rankles you just oh, a little Trent, bit. I work for the company that put the well, number out for God's sakes. One of those phone calls you have in the afternoon. Yes, you gotta I know. Speak up. I know. I know. Take that thing so, off mute. Iowa State is favored too. Yep. In the annual Cyhawk game that will kick off at three o'clock at Jack Trice Stadium. And if you can't be there, you can watch it on Fox Sports One. We got all the particulars. So we're starting to get some kick times. Uh-huh. You know what this means, don't uh-huh. you? We're getting close. We're getting close. I'm getting excited. You should. I'll I got too. 90-some days. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> I'll be here before we know it. Yes. No, it won't. Uh, time out. We'll come back. Uh, Bill Bender, college football conversation with Bill Bender, the Sporting News. He's their national college football writer. Uh, John Bowen Camp coming up in 25 minutes on the Hawks, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. It's happening, Ken Miller. I know it is, Trent. I I can't. You might have to do this segment. (laughs) Running through kickoff times. Nebraska and Iowa one thirty on the Big Ten Network doesn't have the national cash. Well, I guess the Big Ten want to keep them for themselves. As Scott Frost is looking to put the Cornhuskers in the championship game, right? But, but why wouldn't ABC say we want that? I mean, Virginia, Virginia, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech is ABC. Missouri, Arkansas is one thirty on CBS. Uh. I don't get it. The Big Ten. Like, who am I complaining? Right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, I don't regardless. get the Big Ten Network. Uh, Bill Bender. Bill, it's it's kind of, it's not quite like Christmas morning, um, but we're starting to see some kickoff times in college football get released. I don't know what it does to you, but I know what it does to me. I'm pumped up about this, Bill Bender. Means we're getting closer. Good to talk to you. How are you? Always. And yeah, thanks for having me on. And, um, 
Yeah, let me ask you guys this. Uh, uh, if I was on, do you prefer ABC, ESPN, Big Ten Network, or Fox? Which one do you guys like? Better? Well, I'm I don't I'm not a Fox fan other than Joel Klatt, who I uh, think is terrific. Um, it's just his partner. I'm just not into it. Um, well, that's a good question because I love the night games with the with the with the you know whatever if it's ABC or ESPN Big Ten Network. Uh, Kevin Kugler is terrific, and you know Matt Millen now that he is recovering and what a story that is uh, as he was on death's door and um, you know gets the uh, necessary medical procedure and he seems like he's you know maybe not as good as new, but that's a fair question, Bill. Uh, it's kind of like what pizza you like, right? Yeah, I think they all do have their you know, things that I like and, and don't like. And I I just, again, you know, and we've talked about this at length, I think these networks need to work collectively together yeah. to, to eliminate the four-hour game. Um, not, again, and I've said this so many times, but it's not for us. I mean, we're hooked. But right. The younger generation has a sh- – I mean, my kids have short attention spans. My wife's traveling for work this week, and I've had one-on-two all week. and. Mm. It, we break a lot. We, we commit a lot of NCAA violations <laughs> yeah. when dads run in the house. Uh, well put. Bill Bender uh, from uh, Sporting News is our guest. Well, Bill, let's get into a couple of things. I enjoyed your piece as, to, you know, trying to break up the monopoly. And that's kind of what it's come to, right? It's, you know, it's Alabama and Clemson, and both quarterbacks are unbelievable. And Lawrence is maybe the best quarterback in college football. Tua right there with them, but how do you break up? I guess more importantly, who is going to break up that dominance that those two schools have had and seemingly are going to have for, you know, that maybe not the foreseeable future, but certainly the next few years. Who do you think that school is, Bill Bender? If you had to pick maybe one or two, a Big Ten school, um, another SEC school, maybe Georgia, is, is Herman got Texas all the way back or how far do they need to go to get there? Who's it going to be, Bill Bender? I think Georgia is the first name that comes to mind just because it's easy. They've got the recruiting. They've got the talent to do it. But if I had to take a second school, and I'm factoring in, and this is knowing that I have Texas, Ohio State in the playoff right now. I've seen what Oklahoma can do. I'm going to throw you off a little bit. If I if I had a school I could pick, it would probably be Texas A&M. I, I think with what really? they're doing in recruiting, being in that division, mm-hmm. maybe they take advantage of a window when Saban retires. And uh, I just looked this. We did this as part of our top twenty programs. They they had the third most All Americans of this decade. So you know the talents there. I wouldn't have known if you that. Have the right coach in front of it. I think it could happen. You know, I would never have guessed that, Bill. Honest to God, if you, if you would have given give me ten guesses, I don't think I would have got there, Bill. Well, I mean, think of the talent, guys. I mean, Manziel, mm-hmm. Garrett. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike Evans yeah. through there, and you see him in the NFL, and you always wonder, well. How did they not win a national championship with these guys? And they always, I mean, offensive linemen, they've had them. So it does make sense. A couple of programs that maybe for some people could be in that conversation. What we'll get your thoughts on? I'm sure most everybody, a lot has been talked about USC with the big tw- Pac-12 issues that have been there. How long, how far away that program is to getting back? It felt like for a long time it was inevitable. They were always going to be good throughout the early aughts. And, of course, we see what they have become. And then on the other side of the country, Miami, the U. A couple years ago, they were undefeated, 11 games in. Felt like the U is back. They certainly weren't back. Those two programs going forward, where they fit in, and could they get back in your mind in the next couple of years into that national scope? Um, 
We'll see. Uh, USC, okay, so we did our list of top 20 programs of the decade, and, and that you guys know I do that every year, mm-hmm. but kind of that formula I do. USC's 20, despite three coaches, NCAA sanctions, everything else that's happened and how bad they are now, they're still 20th. And that tells me that uh, it, with the right coach, and you all know who that coach is that's being rumored already, they could be a national title contender. Miami's not on that top 20. And I think they are, have the misfortune of being in a conference where all those coaching changes and probation actually hit them harder because they're competing in a state with Florida State and Florida. And I think if you ask me, I'll, well, I'll play reporter for a second. So if you had to ask, if you had to buy stock in one of the big three in Florida for the next five years, who would it be? I would almost certainly take Florida, Florida first and then maybe too. Florida State. Yeah, Florida for sure. I'm not going to have any money left because I'm using all my money on that stock. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, because I think they're going to be able to at least make that Georgia rivalry really uh-huh. hot because they're both going to be good. Um, and Miami, to answer Trent's question, I think Manny Diaz can do a nice job there, but they're still chasing something I don't think they can ever get back, which is that 80s and 90s dom or – late 90s and 80s dominance that I just don't think that's ever going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan, the point spreads have come out, Bill, for some of uh, the marquee games of the year. Michigan's favored over Ohio State. Um, look, it's, Harbaugh's got to win, well, doesn't he? One of these years. Um, is it's, So two-pointer, is, is this the year? And part B is how important is it that this is the year for Jim Harbaugh? I think they could beat Ohio State, but they cannot get distracted by Ohio State, knowing that you know they got to go to Wisconsin and, and Penn State. They've got to play Army early, and Army's pretty good. They got to play Iowa this year, though. And I know you guys know this: when they get Iowa and Ann Arbor, they fare much better than they do when they go to Iowa. Mm-hmm. At least it's not at, in Kinnick for them, or, or in your case, you would rather have them in Kinnick. You know the history there. Sure. Um, they still got to play Michigan State and Notre Dame at home. They've got tough schedules. So I think if they can give themselves a chance to get to that game at 10-1, and one, then the pressure mounts a little bit. But, I mean, there's pressure on Ohio State, too. I mean, Ryan Day, this is his first real season of – you mentioned that Nebraska game. They uh, He's going to have a lot of big tests, too. So, yeah, I think Michigan can do it. And I, I just would caution, yeah, you could beat Ohio State and finish 8-4. and four. And – are you happy with that? I don't think you would be. You know, Bill. Maybe they would be. Yeah, yeah. maybe they would. Yeah. It, it's so interesting, the offseason, the conversations that, that continue to crop up, kind of the same ones that come up seemingly every single year. And one that I continue to wonder about is, is Nebraska right here. There's been a whole lot talked about. Big Ten West. That I'm saving up. that money that I was going to spend on oh, Florida oh, stock. Here it comes. I'm buying yeah. Nebraska stock. But go ahead, Trent. Well, because I believe Frost will get them to a solid level. Bull Pelini, at the very least, win nine games. But I wonder down the road if that's going to be good enough. If he doesn't get them to a college football playoff within four or five years, if he doesn't win a Big Ten championship, or maybe it's just a Big Ten championship, and say they finish 11-2 and that year, not good enough to make the playoff. Will that be a good enough if Frost gets them up past competitive and to another level up, but not national championship good? Will that be good enough for Cornhusker fan? Probably not, but I mean, he he's going to go through the same cycle that Jim Harbaugh's gone through, which I would argue the totality of what Jim Harbaugh's done in Ann Arbor has been good. 
versus the 0 and 4 against Ohio State. I, I think if you look how bad that program was before he arrived, they're pretty good. So that's my way of saying I think Scott Frost is going to get Nebraska back up to 9 10 win level, which is where Polini and Frank Solich were. Um, and they could win the West. Not every year, though, because I think Northwestern's in a good spot. Iowa's still solid. Wisconsin's not just going to go away. Wisconsin's going to keep doing what they do, I guess, until I die with the, the <laughs> off tackle and, and big linemen. Um, Purdue feels pretty good about where they're at. So I don't think it's going to be easy. And I don't know that Nebraska will ever rise. It's kind of the same thing as Miami. I don't think they'll ever be 95 Nebraska ever again. But that's disrespecting 95 Nebraska because I think they're one of the greatest teams of all time. Hmm. You know who's been down for the last little while, Bill, that, that I want to see get back up again just because, you know, I love watching Tennessee play at home. I, you know, I, I've always, if I was going to an SEC, believe it or not, that might be at the top of my list. I want to be part of the regatta and that's how I want to get into the stadium. Um, are they ever going to be? I mean, the answer is yes. But how far how far off is Pruitt from getting this program back to respectability? You, we both love Georgia. Kentucky's come from out of nowhere these last couple of years. I like what Florida is doing. I mean, Missouri's going to be hit and miss, like South Carolina. But what about Tennessee? Because boy, have they ever fallen! Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm in high school right now talking about Nebraska. Yeah, it's a good point. And, uh, back in the nineties, <laughs> when I was listening to. Coolio or something. I don't even remember. But uh, no, to Tennessee, it's been a while. And they're facing the same challenges. I think when you talk about SEC scheduling, if you're honest about it, that Alabama rivalry really doesn't exist right now because Alabama has nope. just eradicated that rivalry. I think, you know, if, if you're Pruitt, you got to continue recruiting. You got to try to catch Florida because you're not going to catch Florida, then you're not going to catch Georgia, and you're going to be in the same place that. I thought Butch Jones did a nice job mm-hmm. there with the exception of his paranoia with the media. Mm-hmm. And had he not, had he just been a little bit different, I think things could have been a little bit different for him. But, uh, you know, Pruitt seems to be a no-nonsense guy that's going to try to do it. But, again, it's, it's you know, the, the problem with Tennessee, and this is something, you know, Nebraska, Michigan, Miami, they kind of got the guy to come back. Peyton Manning doesn't coach. That's the bad right. break. I think if Peyton Manning coached, he'd probably be good at it. And, of course, Tennessee would be the place for him to coach. Uh, last thing, Bill, away from the college football, piece you wrote uh, with the passing of Bart Starr. Uh, you personalized it. I mean, he was your, he was your dad's guy, and I'm guessing there's a lot of people in our listening audience that uh, that Bart Starr was their dad's guy as well. Um, t- terrific player, but better better human being, perhaps for all the accounts that. Uh, I mean, I, I defy anybody to find any, something that somebody said bad about Bart Starr. Um, it was a great piece you wrote, Bill. It was from the heart, very well done. Um, you know what? The, what did he mean to you and your family? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, when when I played in junior high, my dad was such a Bart Starr fan. When you're a kid, you you want to impress your dad, and mm-hmm. you know, I saw I wore 15. I see I the picture. That was the best way to do it. Yeah. And uh, you know, as I got older and got into Reggie and Favre, and and it's kind of like with my kid, like he loved Aaron, and Trent's probably loving to hear all this. But to, to your point, <laughs> I think. All those classic Bears like Butkus and Ditka and, and those guys in the classic Packers all did have a mutual respect for each other. And as far as pro football Hall of Fame quarterbacks go, Bart Starr, I got to meet him once. It was awesome because you listen to him talk about Lombardi and the passion he had for the game. And it's kind of like a statesman to me, kind of like Johnny U was. And 
you know, some of your younger listeners might forget about these guys, but it's their standard that I think a lot of these modern-day quarterbacks live up to. And if you look at his story, it's not all that different than Tom Brady. I know he's not better than Brady, but the comparisons, you know, coach, quarterback, late-round pick, Mm -hmm. just a winner in the postseason, they're very similar. Yeah, and the fact that he wrote Brett Favre a, a handwritten letter after every game, win or loss. I mean, Favre put that out on Twitter, something we didn't know about uh, Bart Starr. Bill, great job. Thanks for what you do for us. Appreciate you uh, coming on. Sporting News is where you can read all of Bill's, and if you're a Packer fan, highly recommend that you take some time to read the uh, the piece on Bart Starr as well as everything our buddy Bill Bender does. Thank you, Bill. Talk to you next week. Hey, no problem, guys. I'll talk to you then. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bill Bender, Sporting News, as he joins the program. All right, we've got some kickoff times to go over. With John Bowen camp. The yeah. Hawks have how many games, Trent? Did you find a half a dozen kick times? Miami of Ohio, 6.30, FS1. I like it. Surprised, but I like it. Rutgers 11, FS1. Okay. Iowa State, 3 o'clock, FS1. Mm-hmm. Michigan, at Michigan, 11 a.m. That's So is that Fox? Well, and that, it doesn't say TV because on that. Because you know they the are. Fox, yep. that's their marquee game of the day yep. now, so I wonder if that's the case. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if that's the case. Also, 11, homecoming, Purdue. Okay. 11 for Northwestern, that's a road game. So how many is that now, six? One, two, three, four, five, six. And Nebraska haven't got two. And that is 130, BTN has talked about. So does does this seem like it's, we know more at uh, the last day in May than we've ever known, right? I mean, we usually get like two or three well, crumbs. the last couple of years. Before that, there was that stretch, I want to say five to seven years ago, where pretty much everything outside of maybe two or three games was set going into the year. It's it's always evolving, always mm-hmm. changing here. And yeah, over half the schedule now set. That's pretty good. So when, other than um, Miami of Ohio, is, is there going to be a night game at Kinnick? Yeah, Penn State. Penn State will be. I'm almost positive it will. And that game plays middle of October? Yep, October 12th. Okay. Uh, we'll, be the one. we'll take a timeout. John Bowenkamp joins us next. Uh, see, we uh, will talk Hawks with John Bowenkamp. Uh, we continue on here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A little nugget from Randy Peterson, Des Moines Register. Mm-hmm. Chad Leistico, uh, when the Cyhawk kickoff time was announced, tweeted, but what does this mean for ESPN game day? Right. I don't know if he was being sarcastic or whatever, but he put it in all caps. Randy Peterson responded, a source with deep knowledge says ESPN game day is still a possibility regardless of starting time. Network for the game is old news. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. I'm going to take that as they're coming. See, they're not coming. I've, I, 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 I explained this you've, to you you've weeks got ago. Game. You've got the game. It's Syracuse-Clemson. It's They're going to Syracuse-Clemson. Yes. Though that point spread is huge. you see that number? I did not. What did it come out at? Take a guess. At Syracuse. Uh, 17. 21. Yeesh. Gibby the Orange. They have played incredibly well against Clemson the last couple of years, including beating them. So why would you want to go up there if the game's going to be lopsided? Because it's not going to be. They haven't been to Syracuse before. Two, Everybody's trying to use that number. 
Everyone trying to use that angle. The nation doesn't care about Iowa, Iowa State. They just don't. I know we want it here. I get it. But you have to look at a broader scope than just us here. Uh, John Bonecamp joins us to do just that. Burlington Hawkeyes, where you can read John. John Trenton, Ken, good to talk to you. John Bonecamp, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, are you buying Trent's think- theory? Uh, yeah, I I mean I I mean would it surprise me if they were at Iowa Iowa State? No. Do I think they're going to be there? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that'll be the weekend they go to Fargo. Um, no, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I I just uh, you know, it, it, I know we get like you said. I I, I know we get excited. Yeah. And and we think you know, it, but but in the general scheme of things, you know, is it for the nation? I don't know. You know, is it something that the I mean, if both teams are ranked. Mm-hmm. That does kind of make it a little interesting, mm-hmm. but you know, I I don't know. I just I I'm not as optimistic about it as a lot of people are. Uh, Penn uh, Penn State Trent's optimistic that that's going to be the second night game uh, at yes. Kinnick. Uh, are are you uh, going down that path as well, John? That's what I'm thinking too. I mean, I, I just think that's you know when you look, I, I I think I think the networks are really, I think the, I think the networks really like the night games at Kinnick. And I think to me that's of, of the games that are left. I think that's the best one, you know, that I think. So I do think that'll probably be a night game. You know, what network it's on, I'm not sure. Probably BTN. You never know, or maybe one of the ABC ones. But um, you know, I like I said, I think that's probably the best bet. John Bonacamp joining us, Burlington Hawkeye. So kickoff times continue to trickle out. The one that certainly surprised both Ken and I, a because it's a time you rarely see anymore, b because of the network that's covering is the last game of the year, the last Black Friday game for a couple of years with Iowa-Nebraska. Not only the one thirty kickoff, but BTN, this has done really good numbers on ABC, on FS1, on Fox National. Relegated in some people's minds to that in a year where this very well could decide the Big Ten West title, and it's on BTN. Is that BTN flexing their muscle, or you think ESPN, ABC, Fox saying thanks but no thanks on this game well i think i think it's probably i i think it's probably the latter but i do think i agree with you i think that's a game that could very easily decide the division Mm -hmm. and so there may be some network folks that might be kicking themselves later on down the road but um you know i think this is an opportunity for btn to get a really good game especially late in the season because you think okay they, they, they don't, you're not going to get Ohio State, Michigan that weekend. You're not going to get, you know, some of this. So I think for them, this is an opportunity to get, to get a really good game in a, in a, in an interesting time slot. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all about the 138, but, um, cause, cause we, cause I remember, you know, when I was in school at Iowa, you had a lot of one o'clock games. Those were always kind of neat. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a good game for BTN, but yeah, the the, the network did kind of surprise me a little bit because, like you said, it's always done well on ABC or one of the Fox networks or whatever. So, so yeah, it did surprise me a little bit. Uh, let me pick up on something you said there, John, uh, and you very well could be right. I, and where I'm going is the Big Ten West is an absolute crapshoot, with the exception of Illinois. Exactly. Yeah, because I think other than Illinois, the six teams, John, I think I could make a case, maybe not as strong a case for some as I could for others. But this thing's wide open this year. It truly is, isn't it? Oh, I, I, I truly believe that. And I mean, and, 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 you know, when you said that about Illinois, you never know. They might be able to kind of be one of those spoil. I mean, not a contender, but a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, unless it all kind of falls apart, like it seems to do every year with them. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I think that, uh, 
Um, I, I, I do think that, yeah, it, it, it's wide open. I mean, you can make a case for, you know, anybody at this point. And I mean, I think Iowa, I think Iowa is, is very easily in that mix. I mean, cause you don't know what Wisconsin's going to be like. You don't, you don't, you, you know what they're going to be like, but you're not quite sure. You're not quite sure about it. You know, somebody, everybody has some flaws here and there. And so that's why I think that, yeah, and that, and that may be a, going back to our discussion about that game being on BTN is yeah, it could be for the West division title, but it could also be two teams that have three losses in the division. And it's just another one of those games and it's determining who plays in Jacksonville and, and, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, so, so yeah, it could, that's why I think maybe, you know, as we look back, they may have been looking at, so we don't know what that game's going to be like. I think we're going to get a three or four way tie at six and three, and then yeah, we'll, let, we'll let the wise owl. You get to do the tiebreakers. How's that sound? Well, I, I've, I've always said that I should have a bigger role. Because <laughs> I, I think, you know, game times, I should have that. Yeah, yeah. Should, everything should be favorable for me. That we, we've learned that. We've learned that throughout yeah. the years, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, right, let's exactly. get into some basketball before we run out of time. Okay. The injury first to Jordan Bohannon. It, it, from everything that we hear, it doesn't look like he is going to be able to get back in time. And he wants to have a healthy senior year, not right. part of the team. They're looking at the grad transfer market. It is certainly picked over, but a new name has emerged there. You know anything at all about Bakari Evelyn? I know you covered the MVC. Probably saw him down there at Arch Madness uh, back in March. I mean, I think he's a nice player. And, 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 and I mean, he, his numbers were down last year, mm-hmm. but I, I think that was because he had he had some ankle problems early in the year. But... I, you know, I think, and I wrote about this after the Bohannon announcement, I, I think, A, Fran McCaffrey has a lot of time to figure this out. But, B, I think you have to plan worst-case scenario. You have to plan as if he's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. If he's there and he's healthy, great. You know, But I think you have to plan and you have, you have to look at all options. And I think this guy is, is, is a very good option for them. And I think he, he's interested in Iowa I, I, You know, in, in, the, in the interviews I've seen with him. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do think this would be a really good get for them if they can get him, because at the very least, it gives you it gives you a backup if something goes wrong. Mm. So, like I said, you have to plan worst case scenario in this whole thing, and and like you said, if Jordan Bohannon is not completely happy, he's not you know, healthy, he's yeah. not going to play. And so, so you have to, like I said, you've got you've got a long time to figure it out. You've got a long time to. to, to you know, even you, you, you may even find somebody in August. Somebody may pop up and look at what happened yesterday with the you know guys pulling out of the NBA draft, but saying, "Oh, by the way, we're going to leave too." Um, you know, so I mean, anything's possible at this point, and there and there are guys out there you can find. So if you can get somebody like this, it gives you another option. And I think you have to go into the season with all kinds of options because you have to be thinking of the worst case scenario. Hmm. Uh, how about your Dodgers, John Bowen Camp? We'll get you out of here on this one. Another uh, come from behind last night. They made up three runs and uh, won the game. Uh, beat the, yeah. beat the Mets. Boy, they're playing well. This Bellinger kid, uh, right now, you would have to think is is the leader at the at the twenty five percent of the season behind us or thereabouts uh, for the MVP. Long way to go, but what a start for the Dodgers. You look at him and you watch him play and you think about how he was last year. He struggled last year. And I mean, he still had a, still had a good season, still came up with some big hits, especially in the NLCS, but really struggled a little bit. His name was coming up in trade discussion. Of course, the Dodgers were like, yeah, there was no way we're getting rid of him. So who was yeah. he? He was a real Muto, right? Uh, with, yeah, he that's was a real Muto. That's who they wanted yeah. for him. Yeah. And the Dodgers were like, no way. And I mean, the, the one thing they have done very well over the years, they have, like Corey Seager, before he got oh, into yeah. majors, his name kept coming up. 
and and they wouldn't trade him. You know, Julio Urias, same thing. Uh, and and with Bellinger, and and now it's paid off. And so you look at the way he's hit when he came up last night, the ninth, and they're down a run. I was like, well, this game's tight because you knew he was yeah. going to do something. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the way he's playing right now. And 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 my fantasy league, they all dra- they all laughed at me when I drafted him in the third round. And it's like, so in my first three picks, I got Yelich and Bellinger. So, nice. um, yeah, the reason why I'm dominating that league. I was going to say, you can, go bonus, bonus game is, you can go ahead and spend that, uh, spend that money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like so it's in I the just, bank. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, he's had a great year. And I mean, and they've had a great year. And like I, I told Trent off the year, the, the, whoever they play in the World Series, they'll win in, in at least four, maybe five. Mm, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Already got that figured out. John, great to talk uh, yeah. to you. We need to do this more. We'll see you in Chicago uh, in uh, what, six or seven rounds? We'll win a little bit more than that. It's a ways away. We'll yeah. talk to you before then. Thank you, John. Appreciate we'll you coming it. on. Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah, good, good to have... talk to you. John Bonecamp, Burlington Hawkeye. We had, you need to have him. I love that guy. I do too, Trent. He's such a character. Yeah, we've just got some many Hawkeye guests that we can go I know. to on a Rolodex, right? I talked to Rob Howe yesterday. It didn't work for him. We yeah. were going to have him on today. John Miller of Hawkeye mm-hmm. Nation. I mean, they're just on and on and on. Not as many Cyclone guys, though. Well, Halstead, yep. Monts. We got a good two-pack right there. Yeah, but we need a third. Yeah. See, Jake, it was a Jake Trotter that left the uh, e, um, Oh, the I missed tw- that. Yes, he's going to cover. He's staying with ESPN. He was the Big 12's ESPN guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to, is he from Cleveland? Maybe he's going to cover the Brownies for ESPN. Oh. Like Adam Teicher does with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Mary, what is it? Mary Kay App Cabot? Uh, Cabot for the, that's, she writes for the Plain Dealer. Plain Dealer, Cleveland Plain Dealer. Well, we got the, uh, um, Heartland Sports guys. You do, yes. Pete, Pete Mundo. Pete Mundo, yeah. Matt, uh, Matt Poston. So. Derek Duke. Yeah, we got a good Rolodex over there. Uh, Murph and Andy today at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush starts it again tomorrow. See ya.